0: Hey everybody, welcome to episode 208 of the Masterclass podcast. My name is Cam and I am joined by Dave. What's up
1: Dave? How are you sir? I you know I'm okay. <laughs> I I'm a bit grumpy tonight, but the things that I have to be grumpy about are silly. So I'm always <laughs> I'm always glad to be here when we turn the mic on and talk about stuff. So I'm good, but I uh, yeah. I don't think you're going to do anything to tick me off, so we should be fine. I, I, generally I don't. <laughs> <laughs> how are how are you doing? You know, I I'm, I'm I'm
0: okay as well. I'm I'm not grumpy. Uh but, you know, like things are things are good. I had a um I had my daughter for all of like a week around the Labor Day holiday. so we got to spend a lot of time together and went to the state park and the weather has been beautiful for, you know, end of August into now the beginning of September. Um, so just been enjoying that. We had, a, um, our annual baptism service and giant, you know, uh, picnic, uh, as well over Labor Day weekend at church. So, um, all the college students are back too. So oh, yeah. we had like our sanctuary was packed on Sunday. Like we had over 200 people, which is for us, I mean, like standing room only yeah. <laughs> uh, in our building. Um, so it's just fun to have, you know, the kids back, football starting. It's Just fall is just.
1: I would agree. It's, yes. it's
0: not even technically fall yet, but, you know, it, it's just my favorite time of the year for a number of reasons. Yeah. Um, My birthday's next week, which is, you know, not one of the reasons fall is my favorite, but (laughs) that number keeps going up, Dave. It's weird how that happens with such freakish regularity. (laughs) So anyways, but yeah, I'm doing good. I'm happy to be here as always, too. Get to hear the the sweet baritone of (laughs) your wisdom. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) Uh, All right. So, um. Hearing God, Chapter Five: mm-hmm. The Still Small Voice and Its Rivals. Yep. Which that sounds like an interesting book title, right? Or like, or like a, uh, like a spoken word album, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> by a cool cat. Still small voice and its rivals. Anyways. I was going to try and attempt some ad-lib spoken word and thought very quickly, that's a terrible idea. (laughs) It would have been crash and burn so hard. Anyways, um, this chapter friends was very, uh, well, it's 30 pages. Um, but for this book, that's a long chapter. Um, and in it, it's kind of broken up into two portions. The first portion, um, Dallas goes through six different types of stories in the Bible where people hear from God in different ways. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know about you, Dave. I don't necessarily think we want to spend a whole lot of time on this part of the chapter. Or is there stuff that you want to say?
1: No, I, I think I'm, I'm okay. good with that.
0: Then yeah. I'll just run through them real quick. Um, the six were uh, a phenomenon plus a voice. So, like, they're very specific categories. Uh, and that's trying to find the example there um, God's covenant with uh, covenant with Abraham uh, the fire coming down from heaven and then the voice right uh, mm-hmm. the second one is a supernatural messenger or an angel uh, plenty of those in scripture like he, he goes mm-hmm. through one or two and then lists like seven more <laughs> where <laughs> uh, people were contacted by angels
1: yeah and I most so and I his maybe you've said this already, but I mean, he's referencing Bible stories, yes. Yeah, the
0: he is he's going through scripture and pulling out the ways in which people have heard from God in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, the third one is dreams and visions, which he kind of dunks on a bit in, in this yeah, chapter. I, he's yeah. like, dreams and visions, while God does use them. He mainly uses them for people that are less spiritually mature. (laughs) Because they don't have the maturity to be able to discern the still small voice, which he he gets to in the end. Which I thought was pretty. Like he does it in a he even says, I'm not trying to judge people. I'm just saying the your level of maturity spiritually and the level of intimacy in your relationship with God will dictate how he communicates with you because God's a smart person. (laughs) <laughs> you know, yep. a smart guy. He's not going to try and, you know, uh, give calculus to a kindergartner. It's not going to work.
1: And, and you know, interestingly, the, the place that I am most aware of, of dreams having um, a place in our modern society is um, in the Muslim world. I was hoping that, you were going to say this. Is that there's, you know, there's just, there's frequent conversions where... Um, people of the Muslim, Muslim faith, Islamic faith, they are Muslim, they are Muslim, but they practice Islam, um, have a dream where Jesus comes to them and basically says, I'm the Messiah and not just the Messiah, because I think in Islam, um, you know, if you're a Christian having a conversation with a Muslim and saying, um, I follow the Messiah, they would understand what you're saying. But in the dreams, there's kind of this, and I'm the savior, like I'm here to, I am your Lord and savior. I am who I say I am. And, um, so, so that fits with what you're talking about in terms of maybe not spiritually immature, but spiritually, um, new to Christianity and very, you know, maybe not even contemplating, um, Christianity. So, and if you spend any time researching that you are going to find that that is a consistent way that Muslims come to know Jesus, which I'm also going to throw a little caveat out there of evangelicals and their obsession with the great commission and sharing the gospel and all that kind of stuff of like, if we don't do it, people aren't going to come to know Jesus. It's like, no, I, I think God's got it covered. Um, doesn't mean we shouldn't do it, but I think sometimes we put a little too much uh, emphasis on our role and our importance and all of that. When I think the reality is, is, God is like, I'm giving you the opportunity to partner with me in eternity. Mm, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. You, and, you mean, you mean, Westerners <laughs> tend to think yeah. that they're everyone's savior? <laughs> yeah. yeah, so anyway, mm. I'll get off my soapbox. No, it's that's a
0: good that's a good soapbox, Dave. That's good. I like it so yeah, so third was dreams and visions uh fourth would be an audible voice like Paul uh when not only he but also his travelers all heard the voice, which holy m- that must have been terrifying.
1: I would think so, well, especially given the message <laughs> I mean, it's like why are you persecuting me? Like yeah, here's you got. You got God going. <laughs> What's your beef with me, buddy? <laughs> you know? I mean, and again, I, again, I think that's one of those situations where Paul received that message because it was appropriate. Paul was on fire. I mean, he yeah. loved the Lord. He, he was a religious man. He was well-educated. You know, he wanted people to serve the right God, and that's when God was like, "Hey, like, (laughs) let's get you in the right direction here." So I I do think there is an element of, you know, who Paul was and his passion and his heart that um, that we get a dramatic conversion like that. So.
0: Number five was the human voice. So this is God speaking with and through other people, Mm -hmm. which, and this was actually a pretty cool, um, section, this, this idea, um, and, and the care with which, uh, Dallas took the time to say, it's not God using that person like a telephone. It's Mm -hmm. God working through that person and that person also speaking like in, in union, you know, it's not, the person doesn't lose consciousness and then God's (laughs) voice comes out and then they come back 10 seconds later and like, Oh, you know, that person is, is conscious and engaged and is responding to the Holy spirit in speaking their words and God's words, you know, at the same, and that's, that's pretty gnarly to think about. Yeah. And I mean gnarly in a good way, not in a bad way.
1: So I, I I this is so I've never I've never heard the spoken word of God. I've never heard God talk to me directly. So an audible voice of God. I've never had a dream, I've never had a vision. Um never seen an angel and never obviously if I've never heard the voice there was not a a phenomenon (laughs) and a voice. Um, but the human voice, I think is one of the ones that I've experienced throughout my journey. And there's one very specifically that I can point to when I met with, a um, well, I'll just say his name, Seth Davidson. He was a pastor at the church that we were going to. We've known him, his wife, his family for many years. And we were meeting for something. He was trying to recruit me for something. (laughs) And at that time, my daughter was engaged to be married. And I was kind of sharing with him the frustration of all that. And I was very much taking a hands-off approach because I did not want to push her closer to this guy she was engaged to. Um, And Seth very was like... and Like, I am certain that he did not say... I feel like God wants me to tell you this. Mm-hmm. But it was definitely a, I feel like I need to say this to you. Of He was like, she's looking for you to step in and say something. And I was still very much in my like, no, 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 no. I'm hands off. I'm not doing this. And after leaving our lunch and thinking about it, Like it is like, I know God spoke to me through Seth that day and I acted on it and we had a good outcome where she did not get married to this person and her and I are still very much friends. I'm still very much her dad. (laughs) She's still my daughter. So yeah, that was one for me that like, I hadn't really thought about that in a long time. Mm -hmm. And I was reminded by this chapter of just that is, I definitely believe that to be true and have definitely experienced that. Yeah, it's, I think it really,
0: when you think about the impact that our words can have on other people, negatively and positively, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, You know, what you say and how you say and why you say things matters. Um, And I just, I think it's so cool. It sounds like such a dumb way to say this, but like, I just think it's, really cool that God chooses to act this way Mm -hmm. because how oftentimes as parents do you tell your kid something and they're like yeah whatever and then they hear it from a friend or a different adult and they're like oh my gosh you're you know hearing it from somebody else can oftentimes cause a person to receive something that they wouldn't receive from the authority figure. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I, I think it's smart, but I think it's also cool that God chooses to partner in the development of a person. Spiritually. By. And in, in giving the blessing to the person who spoke that, those words. Right. You know, because it's one like in that conversation, you got to hear what you needed to hear. And I'm sure that Seth, you know, if you were to ask him if he remembers, I don't know. There's probably not, but like there, it's there's a blessing. Tell him. (laughs) Yeah. There's a blessing in being the person that partners with God in delivering the message that needs to be delivered, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and, And like it's just, yeah, I just think it's really cool, you know? God's a cool guy. Yeah. So this. I is shouldn't one say guy. I... He's a cool person.
1: <laughs> he's cool, yeah. So this. Don't is email one that... me. <laughs> no, maybe we should throw a few she's in there every now and then. Well, um, no, but he's
0: not. He's he's not no, gender. I, 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 he's yeah. not.
1: And so I should. I say
0: guy because he says father. But please understand me. I understand that he is not a dude. Okay. Yeah. I'm not trying to. Sorry. Yeah.
1: And, 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 and I think on that note, you know, that to effectively uh, express the nature of God um, in terms of who the person of God is, you need two human genders to reveal that because mm-hmm. God is very much has a feminine side a mothering side, a creative side kind of, you know, where women are the ones that create, create life inside them. And, um, yeah. So I just, I, th- I think I, to me, it's just, again, we, we serve a big God and for him to be properly represented amongst us as human beings, he needed a man and a woman to do that effectively. So indeed. All right. So this one was one that I did kind of have a quote, Um, where it just says um, the pattern seems to prove amply that in God selecting them, the people he speaks through, there would be no mistake as to the source of their words and their authority. God would use ordinary human beings and would dignify them by their association with him by just as this is wholly suitable to his redemptive purposes. So it is wholly appropriate that everyone, especially the individuals involved, should be clear about the source of the power manifested. And then this is a part that I really like. There must be no misallocation of glory, not because God is a cosmic egotist, but because that would destroy the order that's in the blessedness of life in Christ. And I think that's a conversation that you and I have had frequently in terms of like, you know, God deserves the glory because of who he is exactly. not because he's an egotist. So yeah, mm-hmm. that just resonated with me as I was reading that. Of just going, yeah, that's what I keep trying to say <laughs> does it again. So simply in one uh-huh. sentence. So, all right. No, I
0: actually, I had that one highlighted as well. So cool. Well, yeah. It's about the right person in the right position. Right. Yep. And when we yeah. try to make ourselves the center of the universe Oh yeah. It Every gets day. things, you know, it gets things all messed up. And then we're the egotists cuz we're not the person that belongs in that spot. We're not the king. We don't get to sit on the throne. No. Nope. All right, I'm glad you called that out. I had forgotten about that, but that's very good. See, that's what I get for reading it 4 hours before we record. <laughs> I just haven't had time to process. Uh, last one is the human spirit or the still small voice. And um, man, he says a lot about this one because in his estimation, the still small voice is the, uh, I don't know what' to say the word best, but like the most
1: appropriate.
0: Yeah. Appropriate no. way for God. Like, we'll have to find a quote but he, he, he if he were to rank them this would be at the top of the list for him uh you know he talks about like the people want to see crazy signs and wonders yeah. and again he's like you know who likes that stuff children <laughs> fireworks shows and you know explosions and because he also i don't know if it's him or someone else that he's quoting in here but essentially says like if you're looking for signs and wonders Then you really don't have a deep and mature faith in relationship because that that would be like you do signs and wonders when you're on your first couple of dates. You want to impress the other person. You want to show them how romantic or how funny or how adventurous. Like you do the big things. That's how like on all those stupid dating shows on TV. They like fly in helicopters or do like zero G plane drive, like crazy stuff, right? Yeah. But when you're in a mature deeply committed and intimate relationship, he even says it in here, it's about the still nearness of just being still and just being with each other. Now you still want to have fun, but like you can sit in a room and just enjoy the other person's presence. You don't have to talk. There can be silence. You can mm-hmm. communicate non-verbally because you, you like you know what I mean? And so, yeah, it's, I don't know where I was going with that, but I just got sad <laughs> cuz that all sounds so nice. <laughs> <laughs> so, after he goes through and kind of explains all of those those six different types with all with a bunch of, you know, references to to scripture, he gets into sort of the application, if you will, of those types of uh, areas in what it might look like for um, a disciple today. And there is um, one section titled, Silence is Not an Answer. And the part I highlighted says, It is interesting that we commonly speak of answered prayer only when we are given our requests. When a request is denied, does that mean that there has been no response? Which I love it when he's a little snarky. <laughs> and I thought about that and I was like, yeah. Whenever someone talks about answered prayer, it means they got what they the want. yes or what they wanted. <laughs> and and when it's a no, well, God didn't answer that prayer. Well, yeah, no is an answer. In in the in the you know, the, the spectrum of answers, no is an option. I say it to my daughter quite regularly. No, yeah. you can't have chocolate for breakfast. I'm sorry. Not, not I'm sorry. You just can't.
1: Yep. Yeah. So, and then, you know, he even gives Paul again as an example. Yes. Where he's requesting the thorn in his flesh be removed and that paul did get an answer and his answer was my grace is all you need power is most fully seen in weakness mm-hmm. and so we kind of changed that into my grace is sufficient in that second corinthians 12 19 and yeah it uh I just I, I find that interesting that that is not something we do very well. I certainly don't do it well. I don't mm-hmm. think Christians as a whole, we do well with saying, I prayed about this, and I got an answer, and the answer was, my grace is sufficient, my grace is enough, or something to that effect. And I think we frequently, or I frequently, think well if I just keep praying if I just am faithful if I just wait it out I'll get the answer mm-hmm. and that is not always the case
0: well yeah and I like I think about in my life you know my mom and her mm-hmm. MS yep um, and she it's incredibly advanced um, she's been in a wheelchair for 13 years um and people have been praying for longer than those 13 years because she was diagnosed when I was in 8th grade, 7th grade, 7th grade. So that would have been like 20 years ago, roughly. Um, and the answer to the prayers of everyone, to you know, for my mom to be healed, has been, nope, because it hasn't happened. Um, And that's a struggle insofar as some faulty thinking. God is a good God, therefore... (laughs) <laughs> bad things can't happen right or bad yeah. things can't happen to good good right well no one's good but god even jesus says that like why do you call me good the, the guy who was perfect by the way <laughs> yeah. like I, I think we severely underestimate what good like we overuse that word so much um i've been thinking about this a lot the last couple of days like how are you good uh, i think we we have just devalued that word Because if God is the only one that is good, then that should be a highly powerful word, and we don't use it that way. Um, But, anyways, so the the thinking right with the the praying and then and and like God doesn't have to heal my mom. Sure, would like him to. He doesn't have to. It was never promised to her, right? Like. God can use her weakness to show his strength, just like with Paul. Um, and I know I've, I've had many conversations with my mom over the years about faith and how she has wrestled with it because of her condition and what that has caused her to think about and, you know, pray about and yell at God about and, and all that sort of stuff. But to see her... what's the right word persevere spiritually where she's unable to physically is, is an encouragement to me and and a bunch of other people. You know, when you see someone who suffers still say, okay, God, you're still good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, a good thing. It's encouraging. That being said, I'm sure she would have much rather.
1: Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh but yeah.
0: So, man, there's a lot in here. I know. But I highlighted not as much as I did the other chapters. the heading, this is what I was talking about earlier. The more spectacular is the less mature. (laughs) (laughs) I love it.
1: So, yeah, I, you know, um, I don't know in your book, but next in mine is, do we need anything more than the Bible? oh yeah 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 let's talk about that section I think and I so that part. i i just think again my experience has been we have well one i think we put our own interpretation our own value on much of what's in the bible to fit what we think it should say and what is right and what's wrong and i certainly believe that God has the ability to bring us a message that is it is it is consistent with what the Bible says but it may not be specifically spelled out in the Bible and I think that's one of those places that we can have as Christians we can have a difficult time with of we like it when there's a very clear specific verse that we can point to and we can quote Uh and we have a harder time with the, the broader arch of the Bible, like in terms of the storyline from beginning to the end and that being God's glory, the fallen world, his redemption of the fallen world. And if you take a broad stroke that way, I feel like an awful lot fits underneath him being glorified and his redemptive work and we're not always comfortable with that. And I suppose one of the reason is, is, is he (laughs) in his infinite wisdom has chosen to use fallible, uh, broken human beings to convey those messages And so instead of being able to step back and look at the bigger picture of God as doing something that we um, maybe can see, maybe can't see, we can get awfully focused on the minutiae that I don't think we were ever intended to get um, caught up in.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I got to know... Uh, what jersey you're wearing in the church softball league, Dave? <laughs> like, how am I gonna know if we can be on the same team? Yeah, unless we get into the oh, the weeds, really, on some of it. Yeah, and this this section again too is just a good example of him taking a question and going, "Okay, well, let's you know define some terms." Like, first of all. If by what is needed we mean what is minimally required to enable human beings to know God, this, according to the Bible itself, is available independently of the Bible and the church. Like, so we don't even need the church and the Bible to know, you know, quoting Romans one, that God exists. Look at the world, look at the universe. Like you've all seen proof that God exists and you've chosen to ignore him Mm -hmm. in that in that wonderful tirade that Paul does in Romans one, right? Just goes (laughs) just up one side and down the other, like, man. Um, and so like he subverts the question in that way. And then later it says, however, if by what is needed, we mean what is required for a truly redemptive personal relationship between God and the individual, then the existence of the Bible and the church is certainly not enough. Yeah. So, and then he goes on to explain it and, you know,
1: it's it's good, but. And then compares us to the Sadducees, far too many believers in their effort to honor the Bible adopt an unbiblical teaching about God's revelation to his children. And so again, I just, I believe that divine revelation is a part of how God speaks to us today. We don't always have to be able to point to